Welcome into the Joshua Perry Show here on Monday, April 29th, 2019. This podcast is, of course, starring former Ohio State linebacker, national champion, captain, and NFL player Joshua Perry. I am Dave Biddle. Joshua, welcome into the show. Great to talk to you as always. You know, it's fantastic to speak to you. Uh, celebrated the 25th birthday on Friday, so I'm feeling old now, large and in charge, um, and it's always good to be back on the show. Well, happy 25th, young man. Yeah, you're not old at all. Uh, you're still, uh, <laughs> young and spry. So, uh, a right, quarter century. A quarter century. That's hey, a long hey, time. Come on. Let's not talk about age right now. <laughs> um, I got you beat just by a little bit. There you go. Um, happy belated birthday. Right. We're going to um, – this is going to be a fun show. Uh, a lot of people are going to disagree. A lot will, will agree. Uh, this is a, always a, a viral topic. But should college football players get paid? Uh, before we get into the nuts and bolts, I'll just throw it out there to you, Mr. Perry. I imagine I know what your answer is going to be. Should college football players get paid? Absolutely. You know, and this is a, a topic that's not – very easy to talk about you know there's a lot of intersections and, and you know different things go into it but in my mind um there should be a way to get these guys a little bit of money and i'm hoping to see it happen soon and there's all kinds of questions people will have myself included um first of all how would it work on a, a let's just say on ohio state and we don't have to name names but one guy's out there and you know he's a starter he's a star he's bringing in lots of money he's the typical guy people think of like you know they're selling his jersey and the bookstore, even though they've kind of, you know, kind of uh, removed that, all this sure. other stuff. And then there's a guy on, on the team. He's a fifth-year senior. He's a scholarship kid, great kid, but he's never really, he's never really, you know, played that much. He's only been in there in mop-up time. Um, would everybody get paid equally on the team? So it's, it's really interesting. I'll talk about that jersey thing first. Um, that was kind of a, a slap in the face that they changed the jerseys to putting the year number on there because it's basically them acknowledging that, you know, Joey Bosa, JT Barrett, Braxton Miller, all really popular guys. All of their numbers were in the bookstore, Ezekiel Elliott. So, you know, they're selling their jerseys. These guys aren't getting a cut of it. It's basically acknowledging that the reason those jerseys were moving the way that they were is because of the guys wearing them, not just because they were Ohio State jerseys. Um, so backing off of that, um, in a way, yes. I feel like, you know, people are going to disagree and they're going to say a whole bunch of different things. But, you know, let's keep it in the case of Ohio State. Um, football brings in a lot of money. And I know that a lot of athletic departments don't turn over um, a revenue at the end of the year. A lot of them are losing money. In the case of Ohio State, you know, we're printing money around here. So I feel like for football student athletes, there should be a percentage uh, of revenue that is shared with the team. And that would be kind of everybody getting the same thing. And then where guys are able to go out and make more money would be the ability for them to use their likeness. So if you are the starting quarterback or if you're, you know, the sack producing defensive end, you're able to get a little bit more money than the guy who doesn't play a lot. In the NFL, that would be, you know, everybody's base salary is the same on a rookie deal, but your signing bonus, you know, et cetera, based off of when you were drafted options that are in your contract, that's where the difference comes in the money that those guys make. So I feel like it could be a similar thing. And obviously I'm over, oversimplifying it, but, you know, for the benefit of the conversation we're having, that's what I see. Yeah, and we're not going to get into exact dollar amounts and stuff like exactly what they should get paid. But, um, yeah, I think this is the way to do it. Just kind of, you know, we don't need to sit here and come up with exactly how the system would work if it changed. But sure, um, we can speak in broad terms. And I want to ask you about cost of attendance. You know, for the listeners out there that aren't aware of this, you know, on top of everything that scholarship 
football players get, they get cost of attendance, which is an extra stipend. So I think in Ohio State, it's around $3,000 per year. Um, so they get the cost of attendance, $3,000 a year, whatever that is. Uh, it goes, it varies from school to school. Um, are we talking like like players should get, again, just speaking in broad terms, should they get paid like $10,000 a year, $15,000? Like what, what are we talking about? $20,000? What are we talking about here? So I know for a lot of people listening to this show, an extra $3,000 a year would be game-changing to them. And why would it be such a game-changer? It's because you need the damn money. Like $3,000 isn't a lot of money to somebody who doesn't need the money. These college kids need it. So obviously it's important. But the, the fact of you know, being able to throw them an extra bone and them needing the money and the difference between what value they actually produce for the school is vast. And so to me, I feel like you know, cost of attendance is a way that they could beef up a little bit more money for these guys. I think $3,000 is a start, but at the end of the day, you know, you're in a position to where a lot of college students, regardless of whether they take out loans or they have debt, they have the ability to go out there and get jobs. And they have the ability to, you know, like we talk about the day and age that we're in right now where everybody's an influencer on social media. So on Instagram, you see guys who work out all the time. They're doing ads for different companies and they're getting free product. And you see some of these very good looking ladies who are on Instagram and they model people's clothes. Well, you know, that's not an option for a college football player. And so these kids can go and work a regular job and then they can, you know, do their little influencer gig or whatever it is. Um, you know, I'd see kids all the time doing odd jobs. You can't do it. And so $3,000, I'm sure it sounds great. But at the end of the day, when you're in a position where um, you lack the ability to go and, and really make any more money than that, I feel like they deserve more. So that's the place to do it is just increase the cost of attendance. And then just they would have to figure out exactly how much to increase the cost of attendance. Um, I believe that's what you're saying. Expound on that. And then also, I believe the first year when they enacted cost of attendance was your final year at Ohio State. That must have been pretty nice, even though you guys weren't getting paid what you probably felt like you should be getting paid. But getting that extra money must have been nice. Uh, it wasn't nice your first three years not getting it. But I believe that was your senior year when that got enacted, right? Yeah, I'm trying to think, too. Um... I mean, cost of attendance is a way to do it. I'm not saying it's the best way. And if we're being completely honest here, like I'm all for, um, you know, like getting pretty aggressive with how they pay guys. And I know people talk about, well, you know, if you make them employees, they got to pay taxes. And then, of course, employees can't get fired, et cetera, et cetera, which I don't want to get that deep into it. But I'm saying, you know, costly, like the toss these guys a check, like they deserve a, a check, like a real check, you know. If you got a coach who makes, um, like Urban was making, what, seven grand a year, or seven grand, uh, seven mil a year, something like that. Seven so grand take, a second. Yeah, right. <laughs> you take two million off the top of that. Let me get my little calculator out here. Um, you've got how many guys on the team? Like 105 guys, including uh, walk-ons or whatever it is. Um, so you drop his, his pay down to five million bucks a year, and then you're able to toss these guys 19 grand a piece. Like <laughs> we don't have money to do it. Yeah. You got money. You're just, you're, you're paying your coach. You're, and understandable because for some of these schools, Clemson, for example, with the contract Dabo just got, they've got so much money and they can't give it to the players. So obviously they're going to pay the coach with it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I kind of got off topic. I really didn't answer your no, question. No, that's a good but... point. No, no, no. I think that's very germane to this conversation is like, you can say, well, we don't have the money to play the players, but the coaches salaries keep going up. We talk about head coaches and I'm glad the assistant coaches are finally getting paid what they're getting paid. But like now it's like you can't get a good assistant coach to join your team as a coordinator unless you're giving them a million dollars. So you're able to get coaches now millions of dollars. 
Yeah, and and you know that's the other thing that really just irks me about the system is that you know um, everybody's professional except for the players or amateurs. But you know, athletic department um, ads are getting paid, assistant ads are getting a ton of money. You know, you've got some coaches within our athletic department at Ohio State who obviously deserve what they get paid, but you know they get a lot of money in their position, and you slap an assistant ad title on it, and they're getting even more cash. And so you see all of this and you see all the professionalism and players are expected to act like professionals and use social media responsibly. And, you know, you have to balance going to class and balance getting to practice and balance study tables like a true professional at 18 years old. But then you're like, ah, you know what? You're going to get your school paid for, which is a big deal. I'm not going to downplay that, although I want to talk about that aspect of it a little bit later. But then you're like, all right, we'll give you, you know, basically like 1500 bucks a month to be able to kind of pay your rent and all of your utilities and anything else you need to do. And it's like, damn, I'm a professional. I'm getting paid pennies. Like, that doesn't make any damn sense. And everybody's watching you on Saturdays during the season. Yeah, and you hit on something earlier I want to talk about, too. Um, players being able to sell their likeness. I think that's coming. I think that's going to come, and hopefully they'll keep adjusting, you know, increasing what the, the cost of attendance is. Uh, but I think that's the next thing coming. I think that would be I was curious what you're gonna, how you're gonna answer the question of like, should every player get paid the same amount on a football team? And you said yes. And the way to, to for the other guys, the star players, to make extra money is they can sell their likeness. Because it's it's always cool when you guys are your eligibility's up, whether you leave early or you're a senior, you're going off to the NFL draft, and you guys then get to sign all those autographs and make a bunch of money off that. Um, but it's it'd be cool if you guys could do that while you're actually play while you're actually playing. So I guess speak more about you know the ability to sell your likeness and how that might work. Yeah, you know, I think it's a big deal. Um, and I'll say this. I feel like if, if players are able to sell their likeness, a lot less guys would end up from, you know, big schools that have the opportunity to go pro at least would end up um, staying a final year maybe to finish out their degree or to develop a little bit more because they know in that offseason, instead of going and signing with an agent trying to get money and then entering the draft, they can just go and sign autographs because they know they're going to be the best player on their team. And that's an incentive for them to stick around and play a little bit longer, build up their brand some more and still be able to capitalize on it. It gives you the opportunity for, say, you know, I was a junior after the you know, national championship year. That would have been a great opportunity for guys to go out there and sign autographs because, you know, you're not any hotter than after a national championship. And then you wait a year and it cools off a little bit and you might not get as much money. Uh, so being able to go out there, sign with your likeness, I think is a really, really big deal. Um, you know, just I think it, it gives guys the ability to kind of leverage themselves. And that's something that, um, you know, it's, it's not the school. The school is a part of it, but it's not the only thing. It's these guys and who they really are and what kind of people they are and how they handle themselves, which I think is cool. I've heard a lot of people, though, who are against um, the use of likeness to make some cash say, well, what about if you're a recruit and, you know, you – you decide you want to go to a bigger name brand school because of your ability to sign autographs there and use your likeness and the exposure, et cetera. And my response to them is that um, there are only a certain number of guys who can get a, an offer from a Clemson, Ohio state, a Notre Dame, a Florida, a USC. So all those guys are probably getting the same type of offers from the same schools. Number one. And then number two, if a guy does decide that he wants to reach and maybe go to a school with a bigger brand because he thinks he can make more money signing autographs on the back end, you might lose a lot of money because you don't get the same opportunity to play as if you would have gone to a smaller school. So I think it's a, one of those things where you say, well, 
you know, the small schools end up getting hurt in this system. Not at all, because the small schools are staying, they're, they're recruiting the same guys they were before. You know, the small schools are not losing any recruits because some guy thinks they're going to a big school because of signing autographs. Those guys are going to big schools because they're good enough anyway already. So um, to people who are naysayers on that, I would, I would just throw that out there too. It's a great point. Um, and I want to touch on non-revenue sports. A lot of people ask about this. Well, how would that work? Well, um, first of all, I think it's important to point out, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure you would agree. I mean, th- there's a reason it's called non-revenue sports. I mean, we're talking about right. paying football players because they're bringing in all of this money, these billion-dollar TV contracts. Look at what the coaches are getting paid and all this money that's coming in. And, hey, I like a lot of the non-revenue sports. I'm a big college baseball fan. I like college hockey. I like a lot of these sports, tennis. Um, but how would that work? How could – not that we're going to get into legalese and stuff, but Title IX would be a play – how could we pay football players but get by Title IX regulations and not pay the non-revenue sports players? Yeah, and, and you know, that's, that's a really great question. I'm not a, a lawyer and I'm not a Title IX expert, so it's really hard for me to navigate that. And like I said, you know, a lot of this com- conversation is an oversimplification of, um, you know, the system as it is. So um, I want to kind of move that toward the end of what I'm getting ready to say. But I've spoken to non-revenue athletes before. And I think they kind of understand, um, you know, the pecking order and how this thing would work if it ever happened. Like, you know, you you understand that certain sports are just more popular. They bring in more money, you know, like you said, TV contracts, but even just the the uh, ticket sales for Saturdays, people tailgating that stuff costs money. Uh, the activation from different companies and sponsors that they do on campus is just not the same for every sport. And I think that there's an understanding about that. Um, so in my mind, it would be nice to be able to kind of have a baseline, especially in a place like Ohio State, where there's a lot of money to go around to toss to some of these other athletes. And then um, maybe the football team gets a little bit more just based off of a revenue share. And I think that's kind of how you could make it, um, uh, you know, work with Title IX, if that makes sense. Like, hey, um, if you every sport is going to do a revenue share. If your team does not make a revenue, you are not eligible. If your team does, you are eligible for a percentage of the revenue. And I feel like that covers all the bases. It's not saying like, hey, football, because it's a bunch of guys playing is getting money is because they make they pull in revenue. If you're a men's sport, you know, um, that doesn't pull in revenue, then you just don't get the money. And it's the same across the board. You know, I think um, does women's basketball pull in any money? I think very few. I think UConn basketball, women's basketball probably does. Ohio State basketball, women's basketball does not. They are a, okay. uh, they're a, a non-revenue sport. And so it would be a situation like that for UConn where those ladies, and they deserve it because they're fantastic every year, but they'd be able to you know, pull in a little bit of cash and capitalize off of that. And they'd probably do really well, too, in terms of being able to sell their likeness just because they're a national brand every year for women's basketball. Um, and so I think that would kind of be a solution there. It would be tough to navigate and it'd be a hard conversation because then you get into, you know, kind of the haves and the have nots within the athletic department. And, you know, you don't want anybody feeling entitled or empowered for, you know, a specific reason that they don't deserve to feel that way, but it's just the way it's going to be. Yeah. But that's one thing, whatever side of the fence you're on in this debate, I've never liked that. Well, you can't pay the football players. Cause what about the non-revenue sports? What did you just call them again? Non-revenue sports. <laughs> What, the whole reason we're talking about football is because all the money you guys bring in. Um, you right. talked about this earlier. I know you want to expound on um, 
A lot of people out there pulling their hair out saying, you guys are crazy. A college education is priceless. These guys are getting, you know, they're getting their college education paid for. And look what the price of college education is going through the roof. Plus, they're getting all this other stuff on top of that with the training. Um, I'm sure I'm getting your blood boiled just by b talking about the other side here. Yeah. Um, how do you respond to those people that are saying, come on, I mean, look, look at all this stuff they get with their scholarship. It's a load of bullshit. And I'll say that because um, <laughs> they, they bring athletes on scholarship, not because of how great a students they are, but because they are fantastic athletes. That is the reason they are there on scholarship. And I'm not saying this to disparage anybody, but I know a lot of my teammates would not have been able to get into Ohio State if it wasn't for the fact that they were really good at football. Uh, there's a different standard for student athletes to get into school as you know, that's a national story now. Um, and, and you know, with some of these people paying for their kids to be on these teams that they weren't actually on. Hi, it's because, Aunt Becky. Uh, yeah, right. It's because Aunt Becky can get her kid into school without having to have as high of an ACT and as good of a GPA if they're a student athlete. And so saying, Oh, well, you guys get school paper for free. I think it's a bunch of bullshit to say that because these guys aren't here because of how good a students they are, number one. Number two. Um, a lot of guys end up having to change majors or go into different paths that they didn't expect because of athletic schedules. You know, your athletic schedule, athletes get to schedule classes first because they can't go to all the same classes everybody else goes to. And they need to make sure that they're able to get into a time slot that fits their athletic schedule. So you schedule the athletic events and then you schedule school. Right. But we're supposed to be a student first and an athlete second. I disagree. And I mean, we're talking out of both sides of our mouth every time we say this. And then here's the true fact of the matter is, well, I'll finish that point. So, you know, a guy wants to go into chemistry or a guy wants to go into pre-med and has to end up changing his major or has to take five or six years to get done with an undergrad because all the classes don't work out because they wanted to play a sport that's trash. And then the reality of the situation is these guys have to go to college to be able to have a chance to play in the NFL. And that's the way the system is right now. Some of these guys don't, they're, they don't need to go to college to do the careers that they want to do, number one. And number two, you know, I have a, a charity and I work with kindergarten through eighth graders. And one of the things we talk about with our middle schoolers all the time is don't get stressed out about college because there are plenty of careers that you can do where you don't have to go to a four-year school and you can learn a trade. And I know right now, Columbus housing market's booming. We talk about real estate just about every week on this because I like to plug my business. But, you know, in terms of the building trades, some of those guys are getting paid and gals are getting paid 40 bucks an hour and never graduated from college. And that's a lot of daggone money with all the work to be done around here. And so your moral of the story is people are putting so much emphasis on this and you get a free degree and all this, that, and the third. And at the end of the, the day, I think the degree is secondary to the purpose that these guys are on campus for, number one. And number two, you know, if, if you told me that I couldn't actually get the degree I wanted to because I was supposed to be a student athlete, but the athletics comes before the student you're talking on both sides of your mouth and that's some BS. I want to ask about, I want to close the show um, just talking about how we could get to the point of players getting their fair shake, whatever you believe their fair shake is. Cause I know it's interesting. The Northwestern players kind of tried to unionize a few years ago. There was a little, you know, that, that was starting up. Is it going to take like basically anarchy with the players basically threatening to strike? You think it, it maybe, is it going to get to that point? What do you think it would take to, to get to the point where you would want it to be? Yeah, the union thing sounded like a great idea, but I feel like in order to have an effective union, you have to be employed. And since we're not really technically employees, it's more of like, you know, uh, almost like a grassroots type group, not a union. That's my piece on that. Um, to me, 
what would be fantastic is um, the the first game of the season. All the players come out, they warm up, come out the locker room, shake hands, do a national anthem, turn around and go back into the damn locker room, pack up their shit and leave. And I'm telling you right now, that would do. The, the, well, and it would because now you've got you've got uh, ABC, ESPN, you've got Fox, Big Ten Network, you've got um, CBS, all SEC. All of these uh, networks, all of these different TV networks and conferences that have partnerships looking at the universities like, hey, you better find a way to get your daggone players out on the field. And then you got the NCAA who's going to be on both sides of that apologizing about the contracts and then trying to figure out what they're going to do with the institutions because they're going to be pissed at the NCAA about it, too. That's the ultimate way to apply pressure. Now, do I think it's going to happen? No, I, don't, I mean, I, I just don't think that guys are going to be edgy enough. But um, I, and I'm not advocating for anybody to do anything that crazy, but I would implore players to think about this. If you decided to walk out, what's the worst that could happen to you? They're not going to take you off scholarship because there's nobody else. I mean, we're in the season at this point. We got to play games, so you're going to get back on the field. I mean, at the end of the day, what are they going to do? And so that's a situation where if you're able to pull it together, and it, I mean, it has to be nationwide where this happens, but that's where players have all the leverage because then they can say, we're not going back on the field until we start getting our fair share. And that means they got to act quick because, you know, one week that's bad enough, but if it continues week after week and these TV contracts aren't being fulfilled because there's no games on, that is going to blow the whole system up. And then you might even get into a situation where, um, you know, Fox, for example, is like, screw it. We're going to start paying these guys out of our own damn pocket so we can get them back on TV. <laughs> That's the ultimate leverage situation right there. That could actually happen. Um, I, I, I want to leave the floor open to you if there's anything I didn't ask you, anything else you want to say about this subject. You're very uh, passionate about it, I know, obviously. Um, anything else you want to say about this subject? Yeah, I mean, you know, as passionate as I am and as big of a player advocate as I am, I don't want to seem like I'm ungrateful for my experience at all or bitter about anything that happened. I mean, I enjoyed my four years at Ohio State. Um, I enjoyed the opportunity to get a degree without having to pay for it out of my own pocket. I loved uh, being on a team and playing with the guys that I played with. And at the end of the day, you know, like money was a little bit tight, but I think it was all worth it for the opportunities that came down the pipe for me. Uh, for other guys, it might not be the same. And at the end of the day, I do think that uh, it's just more about fairness and equity for what these guys bring in and not necessarily about being bitter. But um, hopefully we start to see a change. You know, I think players being able to leverage their likeness would be probably the best solution out of anything because you're avoiding Title IX issues. You're avoiding, um, you know, just a lot of different snowball effect type issues if you, if you open up that door a little bit too wide. And at the end of the day, people are going to appreciate that. But, um, you know, not to be ungrateful or anything, I just think it's something that needs to happen. Stupid.